Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast. A transfer reaction show today with Morgan Rogers joining Aston Villa. Now, John Percy of The Telegraph, very reliable uh, when it comes to football information, says that the deal is worth up to 15 million. The upfront fee is 10 million and then 5 million in add-ons. It's worth noting that Manchester City have a reported 20% sell-on fee, which would total around 3 million within the reported package. And Craig Johns of Teesside Live says that Borough have included a big future sell-on percentage in the deal themselves. Uh, so a bit on Morgan Rogers. He joined Borough from Man City on July the 7th for a fee of around 1 million and he leaves the club having made 33 appearances, scoring seven goals. Now, I'm joined by Tom and Matt on this one. Before I get their thoughts on the news, we did ask on Twitter about people's reactions. Uh, we got a few responses. Jeff says, sad he's leaving, but more happy the money we're getting from him when we only paid one million six months ago. Jack says, we'll miss him. Exciting player to watch, but great business getting £10 million. Steven says, a bit meh, to be honest. Bonus of a huge profit, but losing a player who was fine in his feet however we're well covered in his position so money can be spent strengthening elsewhere and finally Andy says decent player who was shown real promise but I'm not bothered he's going (laughs) ruthless I think the money coming in will benefit us more than the player another great example of the new business model so guys I'll start with you first Tom what is your reaction on this news Morgan Rogers to Aston Villa to be honest, it's it's probably a quite a boring one, but I'm just kind of looking at it thinking this is the model working perfectly when this has came through in the last couple of weeks. First, I was quite surprised. You know, Rogers has only been here six months. I was a bit bemused as to why Villa wanted him because to me, he doesn't get in Villa's team at the moment. He probably makes an impact from the bench. But he's, like I said on a Villa podcast last week, I was like, he's nowhere near ready for your first team. So I'm I'm really confused as to why he's your top target. But I think Borough have done incredibly well in terms of negotiations with this. And I feel like that's a, a view that's shared 
quite widely uh, from what I've seen kind of on Twitter, Wombor, etc., where people are saying we would previously be bad at negotiating. We feel like we've let players go for less than they were worth, rolled over a little bit in negotiations, essentially, and also not sold at the optimum time on, on other players. And I feel like although if Rogers kind of carried on at the tra- trajectory he was going, we might have been able to sell him for more in the summer, potentially next season. I still think we've got an incredible deal of this. I mean, for a player, we signed for $1 million at the start of the season. And then to be selling him for what? A, a deal upwards of, well, worth up to $15 million now is absolutely amazing work from you know the club in terms of development of him and really just negotiating and getting the best possible deal that we we could get so yeah i'm kind of looking at it thinking i'm quite happy with it i don't feel worried about where it's kind of leaving us in terms of squad depth i, I think selfishly and i think a lot of fans would probably want this as well we just want an entertaining last couple of days of the window so it'd be yeah. great for Borough to kind of get this this money and just be like oh yeah we're bringing in this strike and no one's ever heard of for uh, you know 8 million or something but it's probably not going to happen realistically but i'd still like us to to go out and kind of try and get a striker if possible in the last couple of days of the window but um you know the number 10 position that that Rogers is leaving now if as as slots straight in, hopefully McGree comes back soon and stays fit. I know he's been struggling with plantar fasciitis. You know, I've had that for about four months, so I absolutely feel his pain there. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I hope he can kind of stay fit for for the rest of the season. And I don't really feel like we've been weakened in uh, the attacking midfield positions from this. Maybe a little bit depth wise, but we, we also signed as as at the start of the window, so it, it's kind of one in one out I suppose but yeah I'd like us to to spend a bit of money on on a striker in the next couple of days but we'll see it's all part of uh part of the window but overall I think it's a good deal for us you just know we're gonna go straight down the pub Tom instead of actually signing someone (laughs) so it's probably gonna be a boring deadline day but Matt what do you think about the the news of Rogers to Villa yeah it's bittersweet in a way because there's a part of me that would have loved to have seen his full potential in a Borough shirt. <clears throat> I think we were just starting to really see him sort of go through the gears a little bit at Borough. Obviously, his goal contributions speak for themselves. But at the same time, I just don't think you can knock the club for signing a player for £1 million and and for the initial fee at least, times in their investment by 10 in a matter of six months. I mean, for anyone who's been sceptical of the model and the direction, I think this is proof that it's working really well. I think it's it's a great deal for us. I think it's kudos to the recruitment team for bringing him in for the fee we did, the coaching team for developing into a player which has clearly caught the eye of Aston Villa. From what I can tell, their recruitment's always been pretty good in, in recent seasons. So for them to see Rogers shows that there is definitely a player there. And yeah, for us to get the fees, fantastic. I think it's hopefully going to be, as we say, hopefully we can reinvest it, if not this window, maybe in the summer. But yeah, I'm delighted with how quickly we've we've sort of been able to develop him and, and the fee we've been able to get is brilliant. And I think Tom alluded to it as well. In the past, Borough may have rolled over in a situation like this, but I've kind of, I've enjoyed seeing how, we'll, how we've sort of held out. We've kept knocking back bids. We've stayed strong. We've had a, we've had a, every player has his price and we've, we've stuck to it and we've essentially made Villa cough up, cough up the, the cash required. So 
uh, yeah, it's it's everything you want to see us doing from a recruitment and, and selling players and buying players. This this is a perfect example of it working well. And I do get why some would maybe say, well, we should keep hold of him for six more months because his his you know his price tag might double. But then at the same time, you're risking him getting an injury. You're risking him dropping out of the team. Let's be honest, if it wasn't for this injury crisis, would he have gotten the game time and the goal contributions that he may have had? Maybe not with McGree starting. You'd like you'd say on the left, you'd, you'd say, you know, on the right hand side, you've got Force and Jones. His only opportunity really is through the middle. And as you say, we've got Azaz. So, yeah, I think just how things have aligned, I think it's a fantastic deal for us. And very intrigued to see how he does at Villa because, as, as, as Tom said, I don't, I don't see where he fits. But I guess other than additional add ons, it's not really our problem, is it? So, 10 million in the bag and uh, wish him all the best. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, I'm disappointed that Borough have lost a player that you could see was developing nicely, as as you've both said. It does show that Borough's model of buying low and selling high is working, and it is good from a business standpoint to turn in a £9 million profit in six months as well. And from a player point of view, like putting yourself in his shoes, you can't begrudge him for moving. It's a big opportunity for him. Premier League football, he was born 40 minutes away from Villa Park, so it's going back home. And they could get European football next season, which would probably enable him to get minutes. You need to use your squad in European competitions. It does feel a little bit premature for me, though, basically adding on to what you're saying there. He's not Premier League ready yet, but then I suppose teams will buy players for potential. And I think that's what we're seeing here with Aston Villa. Um, Matt, sticking with you just a second. Uh, What have you actually made of his season this season, Marvin Rogers? I've I've enjoyed him. I think he's been one of the not few players who, when he gets on the ball, you sort of think something's going to happen. But I've always just enjoyed the way he plays. I think he's an unbelievable ball carrier. I think, given the start of the season, when I remember watching him up top when we played Coventry, and he was like a, a lone striker up top. And you didn't really, you could tell he just didn't have a clue what he was meant to be doing, and he looked so uncomfortable. And you're just praying that eventually these players will find their place in the team. And I think he really did. And yeah, like you said, it is it is a shame that we're not going to see his full potential in a Borough shirt, but to see a player as young as he is, you forget how young he is and how little football he's, he's played at first-team level, especially in the Championship, seeing how he's grown and developed has been brilliant. He's gave us some pretty good memories. I mean, I know it was against Exeter, but I mean, that goal he scored <laughs> off cutting on the left was absolutely beautiful. I know he got a great goal at, at Chelsea, albeit the result wasn't a good one. So yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed seeing him develop and if this is what we're to hopefully expect with Borough signing young players and seeing them grow like this, then I'm I'm all for seeing that happening, hopefully with other players. I just you know hope we can at least see the, the full potential of them and they won't all be swept up by Premier League teams within six months. But I guess Villa want to jump the queue. And, and if Borough in a position like we are, we've got £10 million up front dangling in front of us, you can't begrudge us for taking it. So I've enjoyed him. I'm sad to see him go, but I think he's... He's been an enjoyable footballer to watch with the short time he's been here. Yeah, I think he's had an okay season. He's he's been all right. I think in recent months, he's definitely come into his own. Cup competitions have maybe, I mean, when you see that he's the Carabao Cup top goal scorer, it kind of maybe inflates his performance level somewhat. He's definitely been improving and we have had the, the fortune of seeing that. And that's why I think it's a little bit disappointing that he's gone within six months of a 
a four-year contract, but this is basically the position that Borough are in. We're a championship club, and I think we're starting to see Premier League clubs shop more in the championship. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more players in this division be picked up from those uh, Premier League clubs. But Tom, what are your thoughts on Rodgers this season? I thought he started slow. I, I would say, you know, I'd agree with Matt uh, about the Coventry game. I think it was also in the Millwall game where he ended up playing up front. And I was just thinking, ah, he's, he's not a striker, but it, it's like trying to figure out where he, he does fit into the team. Um, and I think he has grown throughout the season. I think it's it's easy to see uh, in terms of his development. Not only kind of grown as a player, but clearly grown in confidence as well. I mean, you look at the last month or so in particular, you know, that assist for Marcus Force against uh, Rotherham, the goal against Chelsea, well, probably going a couple of months back, uh, the goal against Exeter. Like, you could tell how much he was grown as a player and, and enjoying his football here. Obviously, a little bit disappointing to Sim go, but just to touch on something Matt said there about hopefully seeing some of these players kind of reach their full potential before they leave. I don't feel like we will under this new model. And I'm very much kind of comparing us to to like what Brentford have done now. I would say a lot of their players, and, and it's probably going to be difficult in the next couple of years as well, because we'll get attached to players and we won't want them to leave. And they probably still will anyway. You know, I'd, I'd have been good, for example, if uh, Van Den Berg had left after six months for, for this sort of money. But you look at what happened with uh, with Brentford and, you know, the progression plans they had selling strikers and replacing them with pretty much anyone from Peterborough, I think it was. But, um, you know, I, Ivan Tony was probably the last part of that kind of succession. And it took them until they're established in the Premier League to kind of stop being that type of club and being able to kind of grow themselves. And I feel like that's, we're at the start of that now, maybe like a year in or so, but it's it's all down to you know the the model and yeah hopefully we can kind of keep replacing these players as well but yeah it's it's disappointing to to lose Rogers after six months don't think he's anywhere close to full potential yet but I think the fee that we've commanded really shows the the work that our coaching staff have have put into him and the development that he's had so it's a credit to them as well that we're we're selling him on for for this much after six months, and yeah, I, I feel like we're probably going to see this with with a few more players before we finally get back to the promised land. I was just going to say, I think I think we also should flip the coin on the other side and not pretend that he's like the Messiah or the second coming, because <laughs> I know yeah. um, I think there's some fans who have maybe looked at other deals that have happened in the championship um, of other young players who are probably a lot further on the sort of development path than what Morgan Rogers is. And I've thought, well, we, we should be, you know, they're, they're comparing other fees and so many variables to these deals. And they're, they're saying, yeah, we should get 15, 20 minutes. We should be asking for this, this, and this. And I think it's also worth mentioning that he's so early in his development. I think we can't expect too much. I think it, it we also need to remember that it's not like he is the absolute key cog in this Borough side and without him, the whole thing would crumble. We've got so many great options in them attacking positions. It's not like we've lost, you know, the most crucial part of our Borough team. So I think it's also worth flipping the, the coin on that side and also realising that, you know, he's not the most crucial player in the team and getting 10 million for a player who, you know, in a fully fit squad scenario might not even be a guaranteed starter, I think, again, is another perspective that's, that's worth looking at. 
It's an interesting point, actually, because you think of this fee and then my mind goes to Hackney, goes to McGree. Like, how yeah. much money could we get for those players? It shows that both the recruitment, not in the case of Hackney, obviously, because he came through the academy, but the re- recruitment does have its benefits as much as people want to pin Kieran Scott as as a complete flop and a dud. But also the coaching as well. Michael Carrick, Aaron Danks, Jonathan Woodgate and Cole, like, they're developing these players into much more fruitful assets in terms of finances. And I, and I hate to kind of say that because it degrades them to not being a human. I mean, they are human beings, but speaking strictly business point of view, you know, we're refining these players into really good financial departures. As much as we don't want them to leave, like, let's face it, we're a championship club. We're going to have to sell players. So there's that as well. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So what type of player are Aston Villa getting then? Because I know that Villa fans will probably be listening to this. So Morgan Rogers is a physically imposing footballer. He's pretty tall six foot one he's also quite hench as well he's definitely been on the on the weights over the last 18 months or so which makes him quite difficult to stop when he's traveling with the ball I've said before on the podcast that I absolutely love when he takes the ball from deep and and drives with it Uh, I have wanted to see that a little bit more from him he's actually below average for progressive carries this season averaging just over two per 90 but he did start the season as we've mentioned playing up front when we didn't really have the options and we it was kind of a needs of situation, wasn't it? Which might explain the low number. But he does pick out good passes, hence why he's created the most chances for Borough this season with 11. He's also Borough's top rank for expected assists with 4.1 uh, expected assists this season. And then picking into his, his passes a little bit in terms of progressive passes, he ranks in the top 10 percentile versus championship wingers and attacking midfielders this season. He is a creative force more than a goal threat. His 4.82 shot creating actions per night puts him in the top nine percentile in that metric. The majority of those, when I looked at him, uh, are actually open play passes and a few take-ons too. Um, he is 
top in the Borough squad for dribbles per 90 with 1.9. Um, he has been played predominantly through the middle. I know I've seen a few accounts say that he's a winger. And I think previously, before he joined Borough, he was utilised on the wing. But for us, mostly we've seen him uh, either as a number 10 or a striker. And he has impressed, I have to say, as I mentioned, he has come into his own in recent months, but there is a lot of developing that's still to be done. Obviously, Unai Emery, Ian marked him as his number one target this January transfer window. He's landed him. Uh, obviously, it doesn't concern us anymore, but let's see if they can really accelerate that development of Morgan Rogers. Because dare I say, I know that we haven't really seen him excel in the striker position, but he, he has a little bit of Ollie Watkins about him. Ollie Watkins could play all across the front line. And obviously now he's playing as a, as a number nine. Could potentially see that with Morgan Rogers with a little bit of developing, uh, a little bit of coaching. But guys, we'll we'll talk about Morgan Rogers' very short stint on Teesside and we'll earmark a few of the highlights. Matt, what was your highlight of Morgan Rogers' time at Middlesbrough? Um, I think I think overall, I think just just seeing a player grow in confidence and, and improve under us is good to see. As you say, it's great, it's it's great on the coaching team as well. So I think overall there's that, but I think individually. I'll always look back at that that goal against Exeter because I thought it was an absolute peach. Just the the angle of the camera, just seeing it oh, bend yeah. in the top corner, Amazing. absolutely perfect. And I think as well, this is probably mostly down because my memory's absolutely awful, um, and I can't <laughs> remember past last week. I think the assist for Force's goal um, most recently against Rotherham was just absolutely fantastic, and I, it was a, just a sign of of them little little added qualities, you know, seeing that pass, being able to execute the little flick around the corner. I think not many players could, you know, can can see or do that. And that's a sign of a player who's, you know, in really good form. So I think seeing that as well, given the fact he's not had a good game up to that point, he was kind of in and out. He just produced that moment of quality. I thought it was, um, yeah, a lovely assist for Force's goal. And we will miss them little aspects to his game. So, yeah, there's, there's a few in there um, individually. I would say they're the two that I remember in my very short memory. Tom? It's probably going to have to be the goal against Exeter. In fact, you know what? I'll ex- extend it out a little bit. His performances in the Carabao Cup, I think that's probably what I'm going to remember him for. You know, remembering through pretty much every round, there was something he was involved in. Um, and I, I, I feel like that kind of gave him the platform to develop a little bit more. Um, you know, it, Even if he wasn't kind of necessarily getting all the minutes in, in the championship, he was getting the minutes there. And you know, getting assists, getting goals, his confidence would have you know taken quite a boost from the Carabao Cup. So I would say the whole Carabao Cup campaign for for Morgan Rogers. I think as as Matt mentioned there, recency, recency bias. I'll always remember that uh, that assist against Rotherham as well. But it's the it's the Carabao Cup which will always stand out to me. I can't believe he's uh, forgetting Birmingham at home when he scored that late winner because that game was. That game was frustrating. I mean, it kind of felt like it was slipping away from Borough's grasp a little bit. And when he scored that, it was brilliant scenes around the Riverside just to be able to put that ball home. And and also for the interest of balance, I actually think that in the cup, there was one game in particular that I remember he didn't play well in, and that was Bradford. And this might be a nitpick, but I just think in the interest of transparency, it's worth maybe mentioning that he hasn't been great in all of the cup games. But I did enjoy his performance against Exeter where he was, he just, it was one of those performances where he was running the show, essentially. And I will say, obviously, that's against a League One team. But you can see even within that in the championship, he does have the base attributes to be a good player. And, and I've said before, 
uh, to be a very good player, sorry. And I've said before, there's a bit of Tav in him whereby you can see that at times he's maybe a little bit rough. Sometimes his touch can elude him a little bit. But I really like what he brings. I like his driving ability. I like the fact that he's a very physical presence. He's decently quick. He's very intelligent. He knows where to where to be on the pitch. He might not be as, as nimble in between the lines as Sam McGree is. I think that's just basically because of his build. Um, you know, he's quite a tall player, quite bulky. But yeah, he's that for me, the, the Birmingham game and also the goals in the cup where it was a rinse and repeat situation. It was actually against Bradford and then one against Bolton where he combined with McGree really, really well. McGree slipped him in on the inside and then he... Uh, he sweeps home. I quite like that combination. And, and it's a shame we didn't really see them two combine as much this season. Obviously, a mixture of, well, Rogers leaving now and then McGree being injured and uh, out on international duty. So that's a little bit of a shame. But the Birmingham game, probably the the overriding highlight for me, uh, Morgan Rogers in a Borough shirt. Uh, but guys, where do you want to see Borough reinvest that money, be it in the time left of this window or in the summer, Tom? In the time left in this window, I'd love it if we kind of just pulled a striker out of nowhere and just like, oh yeah, we've signed this guy and then ends up having a similar impact to like Archer last season. But I just don't think that's going to happen. And something I, I kind of noted earlier, because at this time of the window, I'm constantly scouring Womborough. I'm constantly scouring the <laughs> Moon. And someone on Womborough, I can't remember the name of the guy who posted this. If you're listening, you will know because you're the only one who posted anything like this. <laughs> He said, because of, well, reading Borough's accounts and, and what we'd done at kind of the start of the season, we had around a 5.4 million net spend. Taking this fee into account and anything that we paid for Azaz and then the two loanies, this pretty much evens us out. I remember reading something a couple of weeks ago that said, We'll probably be in a better position in the summer to to invest and kind of like really build something next season. So if we don't sign anyone in the next couple of days, I feel like we've probably got an eye on the summer. And I don't think, you know, this season's gonna be a massive priority for us in terms of progressing. Obviously it'd be be great if we did, but I don't think it's gonna be the the priority target. And I think what will happen is if this has put our net spend pretty much back to zero ahead of the start of next season, and we were looking at next season anyway as one that we can go for, it probably just adds a little bit to that and, and we can probably expect a little bit of quality in the summer. That's what I'm reading into it anyway. I might be completely mm. wrong on that, but like I say, I'd hope we can just pull a strike route nowhere in the, in the next couple of days. I have no names for that. I'm hoping the I'm hoping the scouting team do, and it's just in in some league that we've we've never heard of before. But um, yeah, I think I think if we don't, I'll, I'll be uh, really looking ahead to the summer and seeing what we can do there. Well, looking at the squad depth, Matt, you would assume that fingers crossed, everything you know, the stars align that Borough can bring in a striker right before the end of the window. Yeah, I'd say striker. I think previously I would have set up a force being up there and maybe then I'd argue a right winger to compete with Isaiah Jones with him being injured. But mm. I just have a feeling Carrick's going to want to play force on the right. I just get that, <clears throat> that impression. Yeah. So I, I'd go striker um, like Tom. I don't think we'll be getting a striker this month. I, I just don't think it's in Borough's nature now to 
rush around or panic at the end of a window. I think if we were if we were to have a striker, I think we would have one ready. And I get the idea we're only looking to buy one if the deal is right. We're not going to buy one for the sake of buying one. And we're not going to overpay for one either. So unless a striker has appeared who fits the profile and is at a good price and we've agreed that that, that is going to happen, I, I, I think, like Tom said, we'll, we'll be satisfied with the squad we've got and we will get to the to the summer um without a striker i wouldn't i'd be lying if i said i didn't think that would affect our chances of getting into the playoffs but at the same time i'd i'd much i'd be quite happy to see this squad just continue to develop next season in the championship if if we don't get playoffs i'm not you know i'm not lying all my th- my hopes and dreams on us getting the playoffs this season anyway as well as what Tom said about the finances. I think if we are hoping to use this money in the summer, we might also be boosted, or I think we probably will be boosted by Hayden Hackney. Probably going. I think that's one we can be safe, yeah. we can prepare for. Mm. So that that should hopefully give us a really, really good platform in the summer to to push on. So maybe that's what Borough are wanting to do. Not panic now and just be patient and push on in the summer rather than scramble a deal over the line in the next 24, 48 hours. Unless there is something lined up. But I'd say striker either at the very end of this month or, or in the summer, definitely. Yeah, I don't think we'll get a striker until the summer. I appreciate that we're recording this and we've got just over two days before the end of the window. By the time that this goes out, it'll be significantly less. But I just can't see it. I was actually listening to Not the Top 20 and they were discussing there's just a dearth of strikers that can kind of do a little bit of everything. And the way that Borough play and the way that a lot of championship teams are playing this kind of build it up through the thirds kind of thing, I think you need a player that's technically proficient and also decent physically as well in, in regards to strong but not hold-up striker and also pretty quick can run the channels. And I just think that it would. I can't see Borough signing a striker from now until the end of the January transfer window. So it would probably be better in terms of quality of options and availability and probably fee and, and financial-wise as well to look for somebody uh, in the summer but that is pretty much it then thank you Tom and Matt for joining me for this episode to those watching or listening please let us know what you think of the move you know where to reach us so a link that came out of the blue for a player now no longer in red go well Morgan Rogers we barely knew you ACAST powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.